roofing net profit and how to increase it. We've got a simple formula here. Great people plus automation equals profit. How do you find great people and how do you keep them? Anybody can say they're great, but if you really want to be a, a great company, then it's going to take great people and you're going to have to look through a lot of people to find the good ones. And then when you find the good ones, reward them and, uh, and, and mm. treat them like you want them to stay, right? Don't take them for granted. Hey, how's it going? It's Tim Brown and this is the Hook Better Leads podcast. And today I've got Jake Bryden of Heritage Construction. Um, what's your guys' .com? So if people want to go check you out, they can. HeritageCCTX.com. Like awesome. And Texas. kind of key areas you guys serve in Texas. What are those? Uh, Austin, College Station, Houston, uh, McAllen, uh, San Antonio. Yeah. Uh, and I'll just note that I'm not as, I'm not as familiar with Jake as some of the people I have on this podcast. I actually asked people like, what roofing CEOs do you want to be like? And, uh, David Taggart take, uh, tagged Jake here. And I think that says a lot cause that guy's, that guy's kind of a beast. And yeah. I know that he's on the come up, but I think he's going to do him great things. And I think like him having your, you know, he's also kind of a practitioner, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's the kind of guy who does the work, who works hard, who also can actually like get on a roof and do work right. too. So I just always appreciate his perspective. So I appreciate you coming on today, man. Well, David's a stud and he's not, he's not looking for shortcuts, man. That guy's looking to build it right. And that's, and that's, really what it takes in this in this day and age to to do anything big is is you got to want to you got to love the process and you got to want to build it right that's awesome and i if you don't mind giving a little bit of your background and like how you got into um roofing and uh what you guys are doing now yeah man lots of mistakes and you know? uh, I, I joke around that nobody nobody ever uh goes to career day and says hey i want to be a roofer when i grow up we all get here <laughs> the same way, which is a series of either failed opportunities or bad decisions. Right. And, and I'm no different, man. I, I got into, I got into the outdoor living space right out of high school and was doing patios and pools. And, uh, when the economy tanked in 2008, I, I kind of pivoted to roofing, um, not because I was some super smart businessman, but because uh, I had to do something different because <laughs> we, we were going out of business. Right. And so, uh, for me, that's, that was one of those, you know, Luckily, I was young and and learned a lot, but just had to kind of restructure and, and regroup and and wanted something that wasn't so uh, dependent on the economy. So that's kind of how I found roofing or should I say it found me. I, I went to church with a couple of guys that were were doing roofing at a real high level and and uh, they invited me to to be a part of it. Um, and then you guys also you now have Rooflink also, which is a, a roofing CRM, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, we awesome. developed that for my my growing roofing company heritage along the way and and uh and then realized pretty quickly on that we were gonna have to turn that into a product if we wanted to be able to keep it because we had assembled this large software development team and and those things aren't cheap and so and it never stops i was under the uh delusion when we first got started with it that you know we'd, we'd spend x amount of dollars and we'd have this thing that we would be able to use forever and and uh man that's not how software works so we'll keep any uh, heavy roof link talk to the last 10 minutes sure. of this podcast. So I, first I want to talk about roofing net profit and how to increase it. Right. And you, you, we've got a simple formula here. Great people plus automation equals profit from your point of view. And I know there's a lot more to it, but I want to really dive into some of these 
components that get a higher net profit. This is always what we're looking for. Everyone wants, you know, it's always the sales stuff. It's always the leads. It's always the like, even just door knocking techniques or so, like hacks that people right. want to like, ooh, click on. But then when it comes down to it, we need this company to make money. Otherwise, this is a little bit exhausting for no money. Yeah. Um, because revenue is vanity, right? So right. can we talk a little bit about the great people side of this? I, I, I love that you you believe that that's one of the top things that's going to increase your net profit. How do you find great people and how do you keep them? Well, you, you got to go through a lot of people to find good people. Um, unfortunately, there's there's probably five to ten not so great people or not great for us anyway, uh, for every one or two great people. And so if you want to, if you want to, you know, anybody can say they're great, but if you really want to be a, a great company, then it's going to take great people and you're going to have to look through a lot of people to find the good ones. And then when you find the good ones, reward them and, uh, and, mm. and treat them like you want them to stay, right? Don't take them for granted. That's, that's something you see a lot um, with entrepreneurial type people is that we get so self-centered at times because we're we're laser focused on a mission that we forget about the people that are helping us build that uh with us and and just taking the time to sit back and look at it from their perspective and what you would want out of the opportunity if you were them you know playing the old shoes on the other foot game i love that what are some of like the key roles that you think are like you know you've got so it's a it's a i I should have started with this hard to start with revenue because it's like but you have quite a bit of revenue in your company, right? And I, what's a number we could throw out that somebody would like kind of get the scale at which you're working? Um, yeah, we're like right now, five million a month in the spring and summertime. And yeah, and we do as low as two to three million dollars a month in the in the fall and winter. So it just okay, kind of- cool. Perfect. Just just kind of giving people a sense of the scale that you're working. You run it with a, not a ton of people, though. Um, what are some of like the key kind of roles that you're like, damn, I'm so happy I have somebody in that role. Sure. I'm so happy I have somebody in that role. And I'm yeah, so happy. You got to have your studs, your, your A players. You got to have good accounts receivable, good accounts payables. Right. And, and mm-hmm. ideally that person can do the same thing. Um, I've got one person touching all the money, right. Coming yep. in and going out. And, um, uh, that's somebody that you got to be able to trust and that somebody has got to be able to handle a large volume of work uh, because there's, especially with the bigger your company gets, um, they've got to be, they got to be one of those people that I call it the, the, uh, the talking while they type people, they can have a conversation with you, but they're still typing at the same time. That's your person, <laughs> you know, uh, not the ones that are looking for an excuse they can to stop typing and start talking. And so yeah. you've got to have one of those people that can do that. Uh, and are willing to put in, the, you know, because you don't want, you don't want extra people in this place. You don't want extra people touching your money. You don't want extra people uh, making entries into QuickBooks. If if you can get that down to one person, which we do, and we're like you said, we're a pretty good size roofing company, um, just compared to industry averages. Uh, I'd say we're one of the larger on the larger what, is, what do you think the industry average is for a roofing company? Well, I used to think it was everybody was bigger than me. And now what I've come to realize is that 95% of it is three to five man bands that are, you know, doing five to $7 million a year. Uh, and Hey, by the way, like that's just the ones you see. There's like hundreds of these one guy operations. And I'm not even, you know, like, frankly, a lot of those guys might listen to this podcast. So I don't want to be rude. 
it's just noting that like, I think what you're saying is like, yeah, you always think everyone's bigger than you. And then all of a sudden, boom, you're, you're bigger than a bunch of people. And it feels yeah. weird. Cause you used to be the underdog. How have well, you dealt with that emotion of switching yeah, from up in the industry? Yeah. There, there wasn't these uh, roofing conferences and stuff where people got, the only thing we had that was kind of like that was we'd go on these big ABC trips and, and so you kind of, you know, you, but everybody's bullshitting each other. So you never know who's yeah. doing really what. Right. And uh, you know, they got to be doing something to go on those trips, but there's a big, there's a big uh, range yeah, range there. So no, I, I think that, I think that you got to have a great ARAP person. You've got to have a, a great scheduling logistics person. And then just a general all around for permitting and, um, you know, making sure that you're, you're, licensing with each city and municipality is all up to snuff and just mm. just basically the the back and forth and that's really and I this was texas you guys have licensing down there no it's not it's not like a general contractor's license but each little city requires yeah. you to have stuff on file with them i'm just messing with you man yeah, no, 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 they I, say not to mess with texas but it is so fun it's easy that's right yeah <laughs> Uh, but no, that's, that's really the three, that's really the only three positions you got to have. And you got to yeah. have somebody that's going to, you know, manage the, the crews and, and buying the material as far as logistics goes, somebody that's paying them, somebody that's making sure we're getting paid yeah. with the proper invoicing. And then somebody that's uh, just making sure that all of the logistics are worked out on a job to job basis. So when you said, you said you had to go through a lot of people to find great people, you're also, you're, you're talking about high in the hiring process, you have to look through a lot of candidates, but you're probably also saying that you've been through a lot of people in your company, right? Yeah. Oh, you, yeah. You've had to let people go occasionally. You've had to kind of find, wade through people that didn't work out. Yeah. I mean, essentially, um, this is like survivor and, and the only people yeah. left on the Island are the people we haven't fired. I mean, you, yeah. you've got, if you want to grow a successful company, you have to be able to prune the tree and um, you know, that's just part of it. And so now, I mean, for us back before uh, we kind of went down a path of automation, we had a ton of people. And so we really got to kind of boil that down to our best three or four people uh, as far as mm -hmm. overhead positions go. And, you know, if, if you're not in that position, you're fortunate. If you're just on the way up, then just don't hire those people if you can avoid it. Right. But yeah, um, when you're, when you don't have great systems, we'll just say that, then you've got to have a ton of people and those people have to really be communicating well. And, um, and so it just happens that you, as you get bigger, there just becomes a lot more places for people to hide. And that's where most of this overhead comes in is it's in actual people costs, not, and boats and stuff like that. Top rep, we're doing top rep then. It's great training. So you gotta have that defined sales process, check tokens specifically. I don't understand how people make it with a defined sales process as an established company, but just starting out, you definitely need to have that because they need to know, like, and trust you through the whole process mm -hmm. to, in order to give you money. One thing I've noticed too is that people want more people you know like there's always there is a good chunk of like momentum that happens with hiring is like this person over here is like i need help but they always want another person you know what i mean so there's always so that's something it's like kind of difficult to deal with as an owner to constantly you start to have to say no 
more often and just like kind of give them a little bit more like behind the scene. Well, I, that's how I feel. Maybe tell me what you do, but I sometimes want to be like, here's the finances. It doesn't work like that. We can't right. just keep on hiring people constantly. Well, and that's that there's diminishing returns. The more people you put on any problem. I mean, it's, we've kept a yeah. real lean, mean team at heritage. Once technology allowed us to be able to do that. And the same thing at Rooflink. Um, Rooflink's a little bit different in the fact that we can't be as, as optimized there because we're in the business of automating other companies, which is a manual process. You can't, can't automate automation, right? The creation of automation. So, you know, that business has five times as many employees as my construction company simply because it's in the business of automating other businesses, which is a manual mm -hmm. hands-on clean out the drawer together type of task, which feels is a little ironic. Yeah, it is. It, 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 it's maddening is what it is. Cause I've got this yeah. one business over here that it runs primarily on technology with very few people as far as from a, a office overhead, all of our employees at heritage are all salespeople and managers mm -hmm. of salespeople. And then how many salespeople do you guys have working for you? Man, we bounce around between 50 and 65 is, is oh, kind of the nice. number of people that it takes to do what we're doing. Yeah. Cool. I and like it every day. So turn over in that role. Oh, absolutely. It totally makes sense. Um, before we move on from the topic of great people and, and really sorting through people, unfortunately, that's part of what, what it is. Um, the, I see a lot of people letting them sort themselves, meaning they allow low performers to hang out and then maybe leave on their own once they don't make enough money or whatever happens. What would you say? Is there dangers to that? Well, in sales, you know, if you're talking about straight commission um, sales organizations, I mean, there's some there's some culture issues with that. Right. There's some some just this. Nobody wants to be the lowest performing guy. So when you allow mm -hmm. bottom feeders to to create false bottoms for your for your team, then mm -hmm. then the guys that should feel like shit don't because there's people mm. below them. And so, <laughs> so, so scraping that, that yeah. off the bottom of the tank, uh, will help guys that, that they're not motivated. They're not winners, right? They're not motivated to be at the top of the list, but they damn sure don't want to be, you know, they're just that, that average middleman type mindset. Um, yeah. yeah, cleaning that out and keeping that clean can help those guys not, not aim so low. But, uh, you know, I, I'm, I've always been under the, as far as salespeople go, sometimes, you know, just giving them a little more time to figure out, I mean, is this guy really okay with, with what he's doing and what he's making and, and, and the energy and effort he's having to put into that? Or is he just learning? Like, why is, why, yeah. why is he aiming so low? Our, it definitely our, takes time. Like, especially because, yeah, yeah, our personalities, we don't attract a ton of you know, real losers, right? Like most of the people yeah. that come here, they, they want to do something big. They want to do well. And um, yeah. now they may not be willing to put the work in. Right. So that's not a, that's not a slam dunk, but um, we don't, we try to sift those people out in the recruiting process. Uh, I tell my mm -hmm. recruiting team all the time, one bad hire is worse than three no hires. Right. Because we, mm. we actually have to facilitate them in the organization for a period of time. And they're, we're taking up other resources and, and, and then we have to fire them, which creates some liabilities for us with, you yeah. know, the workforce commission, et cetera. So I'd rather yeah. you not hire somebody than hire the wrong person. 
That makes a lot of sense. Um, at Heritage, what are some other kind of big net profit drivers? It's you know you don't need to tell us the number, but when we talked about it before the podcast, it's pretty good. It's pretty good, and uh, and we're not going to talk about it because it's not the point. But knowing that you do pretty good at that, um, what are some big net profit drivers? that uh that you could suggest for other roofing companies maybe they are in that three to five range and they're trying to level up and without profit it's really hard to grow a company yeah i i think most of the time you know if i i've got over three thousand contractors nationwide that that use RoofLink and call me for advice on things like this from time to time and it's never the guy with three ferraris in his garage that's asking the profitability questions, um, which when you think about somebody being reckless with money or irresponsible money, that's the guy you're thinking about. It's always the guy with, with three extra people in his office um, that, that are dying and don't know why, because it doesn't feel extravagant and it doesn't feel frivolous, but it costs the same. Every person that you have in your organization that you don't need is like having a Ferrari sitting in your garage that you don't have time to drive. And it's, it's just as irresponsible financially to have, you know, this lethargic human being in your office taking 60, 70 grand a year out of your bottom line um, that is not doing the job that you need to have done. Right. And so I would almost rather somebody have a Ferrari than that person, because at least they know that that's a luxury thing that they're, you know, at least they know what they're getting for that. Right. Versus having it go to some, you know, um, person that is, is adding no value to them or the, and that person's not happy either because they're making just enough to survive. So it doesn't even feel like them getting the 70 isn't the same as you spending the 70 because they're not even happy with what they're getting. And you're spending that type of money on stuff that you absolutely don't on somebody that you absolutely don't need. And so it's yeah. one of the most irresponsible keeping people on staff that you don't have to have. I mean, that you don't have to have is, is one of the most irresponsible things you can do financially as a, as a business owner. Most people would you say you think that that happens more often in overhead positions or in, uh, in sales positions at roofing companies? Well, it's going to hurt more if it's overhead positions and it happens a lot more. If you got a sales guy that you're paying some sort of draw or salary to, and he's not outperforming that, you know, that pretty quick. And it's a mathematical equation that you do every day as a, as a business owner or a team leader. But when you've got uh, somebody in your office that's not carrying their weight and there's still that same sixty dollars to $70,000 drag on the organization, a lot of times they don't get the same scrutiny that the sales guys get and they get overlooked. I think they, I think they slip through the cracks a lot. And it's, you know, the, the business owners, it's, it's never uncommon that they look around and go, man, I just don't see where, I don't see where all this money's going. It's like you got eight people right here and, and you're roofing three houses a week. What are they all doing? What are these people doing? Because they're expensive. People are very expensive. Yeah. And I mean, like, it feels like a, it feels nice. You know, like people don't want to do stuff themselves. That's part of it. Hey, you might want to restart that. I got this fly that decided to start stuff with that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't even know what I was really saying. I was just going to say, I, I get the temptation around um, that. I mean, I don't know. Marketing manager is a common position. <laughs> it's a common position that like gets low performers. It's so funny. You know what I hate, dude? I hate about marketing. I hate that like 
it's often like a failed sales guy that goes into right. the marketing position. Yeah. What the now fuck is that? That's not like we're. It's an esteemed Let position. Let me grab this flask yeah. over here. This guy's gonna right. ruin our show here. Not to ruin his life though. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. No, this is all part of the show, bro. Yeah, yeah. You gotta this. <laughs> this is going in the show, Jake. <laughs> the fucking the fly is part is our nemesis on this yeah. episode. We needed. Uh. We needed a nemesis. Okay. And so, but I do want to know, like, just to wrap up that, that point about, uh, just keep on hitting yourself. Um, The, the point about like marketing is its own thing and you should have a high performing, if, if you've got one, and I know that you're, you do a lot of door knocking and stuff like that, but organizations that are heavy marketing organizations should, if they have a marketing manager, it should be a high performer in marketing, not a sales, not a failed salesperson. And that, it does, it matters a lot because it's the whole mindset around it. You, you have low performers in marketing. That basically says, I don't think marketing is very important and I get it. I understand the temptation. No, I, see still, that a lot. I see that a lot in companies. Yeah. They, they, they do that. And they, the other place they stick them that drives me just as crazy as in recruiting. And I'm like, oh my God, those are the two worst yeah. places you can put. So, you know, if they couldn't, sales is where I put people that can't hack it in these other positions, right? Yeah. Because anybody, anybody can do sales if you're willing to 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 do the work. Um, you don't have to have any special talents. In fact, sometimes guys that I think, man, there's no way they're going to be able to do this. They actually do really good at it. Um, but yeah, if you if you can't make it in sales. You're not, there's nowhere else for you to go here. Like that's, that's the yeah. place, that's the place that we're going to stick somebody. If, if their talent doesn't jump off the, off the page at us from the beginning, we're going to stick them in sales and, and see if maybe we misjudged the, the situation. Mm. The last thing we're yeah. going to do is go, man, they, they can't make it in sales. Let's start putting them in other seats on the bus because that at the end of the day, um, if they don't sell nothing, okay, that's the cost of the organization is what we're paying them. This fucking fly is something else. <laughs> Keep it going. This fly is part of it. This fly, I I got this fly is part of it. By the way, Jake is uh, vacationing. So thank you for taking yeah. your time out of your vacation to say what's up with us. Um, yeah. This fly is incredible. Like, so <laughs> let's talk about uh, you've got people sitting around in overhead um, at your organization, how could you have less people in overhead? Cause some people think it's like, this is work that needs to get done. Um, what are the types of things that like could allow you to have less people in those positions? Contractors love the catch all because it makes every single one of their roof builds easier and more profitable. Protective netting wraps facade and landscaping to prevent from left behind nails and damage. Homeowner referrals bring you more jobs and insurance supplements bring you more profits. But my favorite part, the branding. Well, a lot of times what creates the most overhead is when business owners, so you say you got a sales guy and he's really good at knocking on doors, but he's not so good at collections. He's not so good at project management. He's not so good at, at his own marketing. Right. And so what the mistake that a lot of entrepreneurs in the roofing industry make is, okay, well, this is the one part that I really need him to continue to be good at. And so I'm going to hire overhead positions around him 
to make him, I'm going to hire a project manager and I'm going to hire a collections girl and I'm going to hire, a, well, when in reality, you don't need to do that. You need to hire more project manager minded people and mm. teach them how to sell than hiring used car salesmen and trying to teach them how to be a project manager manager and a collections mm. agent and, and, and a secretary and everything all wrapped into one. I found that the people that work best for us is not the guys that sold a, you know, security door to door. It's the guys that uh, were, were building houses for David weekly or, or any of those mm. track home builders, guys that have are used to keeping that binder with a list of, of subs in there and are used to methodically working yeah. through jobs. And then we, we teach those guys how to do the prospecting and how to do the door knocking and how to do the sales part. Um, because that's the and part. You guys also like, like as far you guys use RoofLink for this stuff, uh, as far as like automation and stuff like that, right? As far as, some of the tasks that could have been an administrative person at the office yeah. are handled by the software. What are those kind of key tasks that get handled the most from the software? Well, just so the way RoofLink works is it's kind of backwards from the way a lot of CRMs work. Our guys trace the roof out with our roof measuring tool, and then it creates the estimate material and work order for them. So since the, since the algorithm is creating those things, then we don't have to spend a lot of time educating our sales guys how to build those things or checking their work. Whereas a lot of your office work is going to come in from making sure that they bid the job properly, that they have the proper material list, that they have the labor accounted for. We don't have to do any of that because this roof link generates those things for us and they come out perfectly every mm, time. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and so it's more of a, just, we got a, we got a person that's just checking the gauges and making sure that, okay, yeah. Uh, nobody's manipulated this behind the scenes yeah. and you know, there's nothing dishonest going on. And that's really all we're checking is to make sure that the sales guys haven't intentionally manipulated it to make it look more profitable than it actually is. And as long as they haven't gone in there and messed with it, then prove the job with the schedule. Let's go. You know, RoofLink has a very good reputation in the roofing industry from what I say. I know it's an underdog a little bit because we've got sure. some bigger CRMs um, that have been around a, a bit longer. You guys are three years in, right? New, pretty pretty much. Um, what is What are some of the, like, the aha moments or the things that people get excited about most once they start getting onboarded on RoofLink? Well, it, it, it's kind of a slow burn, right? Like at first, it's just a pain in the ass because you're having to audit <laughs> okay. All right. yeah. your business. And so um, you don't really receive the benefits of automation until after that happens. And you look up one day and, and you're like, oh, my God, we're doing, we're doing two or three times more business with the same number of people. We, didn't, we, we never had to hire more people as we grew, right? And that's mm. been... A lot of times our customers come back to us and go, okay, I get it now. That was all totally worth it, right? But um, to be able to do the amount of work that we're doing with only having three people in our corporate office has, has definitely what's allowed. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, well, not to mention that I can, I was always told you can't run your business out of your shirt pocket. And, you know, that was obviously before the days of, you know, iPhones, right? And so now that's the biggest thing for me is to be able to travel and do, you know, I'm a good starter. But then I, I find people to manage my businesses. I don't, I'm not involved in the day-to-day -day of any of my businesses because I like starting new ones. I'm starting a brand new one right now, and that's where I do my best work. Is in the what, are you, what are you starting? What's your new business? Uh, it's called ProSwag, and it's, uh, it's, it's apparel like this 
fishing yeah. hats, fishing shirts um, for contractors, by contractors. It, nice. It's it, it's it takes the guesswork out of you know when you get the the local lady down the street at the trophy shop and hands you a book full of shit and yeah you know, the business owner you got to pick through it all and you don't know what's garbage and what's not we we just kind of focused on the the contractor and Columbia Game Guard that type of, of yeah. apparel but at wholesale pricing um, it comes what is uh, what is the 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 game farm or whatever what is the you said it's high fence what is what is that yeah, we have a, uh, it's called the Aguanada Ranch, and it's a, it's a corporate event center centered around hunting, but mainly to bring groups of people together. I built it for my guys at Heritage. That's where we do all of our rewards trips and things like that. And, yeah. and then obviously I have group link clients that, that go out there and, and um, utilize the, we've got a lot of facilities to do team building stuff and keep a lot, you know, 30, 40 people there. It's a thousand acres out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, just a place for people to get away. And, it looks and, so cool, man. It looks super cool. I, I mean, like, that's that's kind of aspirational, I feel like, for a lot of roofers yeah. to see, like, having a farm. Like, like that's so cool. You got um, to keep some money to be able to do that, right? Like, this, yeah. with, with, you know, Hunter Ballou, uh with RoofCon took his team out there one time. And, and he's like, okay, now I finally figured it out, man. You're running drugs out of this place, aren't you? Because it's real close to the border of Mexico, and we put an airstrip in. It's like I was yeah. wondering where you're getting all this money from. And I said, yeah. no, man, I'm, I'm just running a profitable roofing business. I'm not all this overhead that you see out here at the ranch. I'm not, I'm not opposed to overhead. Look, I got a ton of it out at the ranch, but I want it to be on things that I want to spend money on. I don't want it to be on some $50,000 a year, you know, old lady to sit at the desk and just answer the phone all day. Like I wanted to go towards things that, you know, that I like to invest in. Uh, like <laughs> and I always like, there's this distinction, I think <clears throat> between, cause I always tell roofers to stop getting distracted. That's, I tell them, okay. Like we're talking about one to $5 million guys here. Stop doing new businesses. But then there's guys like you who are doing it well. And I know it's different. I know it's different than what I'm telling guys to do. But then there's this guy that's like in his first couple of years of a roofing company, but then he's also got like a, a dispensary or something. I'm just like, fucking stop, dude. You know, so I, where is that line where, and maybe it's, maybe it's not, it's just a matter of time until that person is able to do five, $10 million businesses, but like 10 million plus, I know it's not just 10 million, but you know what I'm saying? Like, where's that distinction? For me, I don't get to move on to my next one until I got somebody running my last one. So I didn't, I didn't go. For me, the journey was heritage only for a period of time. And then we started RoofLink. And then once I hired, and then I ran RoofLink in the beginning. I, I handed heritage off to Cody Perez. He's been running that successfully for three or four years now. And then I focused on RoofLink. And then Jesse and Kevin took RoofLink from me and I let them, I let them have it, right? Here you go. Now run with it. And they are doing a great job with that. And then, then I, I spent the last year, two years building the ranch. And then Matt Perry is our ranch manager. And I handed that a hundred percent to him. And, and now I'm focused on pro swag, right? So that's, I don't, and then I, I oversee all of them, but I'm not involved in the day-to-day -day operations of any of them. And, I learned very early on that I can't be because, um, man, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of potent, right? And if I spend too much time um, 
look, I'll just I'll just wear people's ass out is the problem. So I have to move around. I cannot if I go, you know, one of the if, if I'm having trouble in any of my organizations, the, the offer that I make to the management team there is here. You know what? I, I'll be there next Tuesday. I'll work with you guys Tuesday through Friday. They're like, no, 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 no. We, we got it. We got it. We don't need you to come do that. Like that is the threat is that I'm, uh, I'm going to I reward them with my absence when they do really, really good. I know myself well enough to know that my gift to them is that I'm going to stay out of it. And I'm going to stay away from it. And uh, beautiful. It, it, and it, 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 it's tough to learn that about yourself, right? To know that you've got the kind of personality that will flat ass wear people out. But at the same time, if you know how to use that in small doses and you know how to temper yourself and you know how to, and you're socially aware enough to go, Hey, I need to, I need to give them space to let them learn and let them do this. Then, then it's a superpower too. And so you've got to, you know, I've, I've spent the first 25 years of my life trying to figure out how to change myself. And then I've spent the last 10 or 15 years going, okay, this is who I've, this is, this is what I'm riding with. And now I just got to figure out how to do that in a way that, that makes the most, that adds the most value back towards the organizations that I'm leading and the people that I'm doing life with. If I can have a better relationship with you, because we only spend, you know, one weekend a month together, then let's do that. But why, why try to overdo that? Why try to put too much of me into that situation? A lot of guys haven't figured that out yet. Wow. <clears throat> I, uh, I feel like we're on a roll, so I hate to end it here. Although uh, this podcast is pretty potent as well, and we know our limits, sure. which is to stick with a, a one good half hour with a nemesis of a fly. That's and right. uh, Jake, bro, what you're doing is incredible. And it's Thank obviously you. like if people are looking up to it in the industry and uh, we really appreciate you being part of the industry. And I, I, I'm, I like to think of myself as part of the roofing industry, even though I'm a dirty marketer. Um, wow. And uh, yeah, I appreciate your time taking, uh, taking a, a minute to be on the podcast here, man. Thank you for being part of it.